LDB, 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 LDB. Good evening, LDB. It is Monday, September 19th, and it's time for the podcast that you've been waiting for, the Championship Week. Here we are, one last time. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Matthew Starr. Matt, how are you holding up? Doing well, though. I, I, I better, it would have been better if Corbin Burns hadn't given up five runs like two minutes before we started this podcast, but otherwise doing okay. Maybe the universe wanted you to have a little, a little uh, sadness in the cast. I don't know. And we also Adversity. have... Adversity, exactly. Yeah, every every championship needs to be earned. Uh, we also have Michael Becker here. Uh, Michael, like I, I can no longer refer to you as Union Champ. I apologize, but how are you holding up? It's all right. I'm I'm just fine. If anything, I'm a little bit sore. We had a uh, a double header in baseball yesterday, and you know, so two games beginning at eight a.m. and we had an opportunity to decide whether we wanted to play seven inning doubleheaders or nine inning doubleheaders. And these motherfuckers opted to play nine inning doubleheaders. I was literally the only one to recommend seven innings. I'm the youngest one on the team. team. There's guys in the team who are like 60. There are some grown ass men, some 62 year olds playing two nine inning doubleheaders. I told Elizabeth, she's like, man, they must hate their families. They must want to get away. when you were telling me what is involved in this baseball league, that was kind of my thought too. I was like, these people just like, don't, do they have nothing else in their lives? <laughs> just ball, man. Just, ball is life. So to answer your question, Chris, I'm, I'm just fine. Thank you for asking. Are you spending more time these days on LDB or on this uh, real baseball league? Well, these days, as of today, I'm not spending any time on LDB. So, uh, yeah, no, the, the real baseball is fun, man. Uh, real baseball is fun. I told you, you know, you play a game and then you go to the parking lot and you just crush Budweiser and eat sausages. That's what it's all about. Just eating sausages with the dudes. Yeah. All right. Bunch of dudes eating sausages. It's great. <laughs> I spent a lot of time doing that. I, I do enjoy a good sausage from time to time, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do think there's a limit. There's an upper limit on how much uh, grilled sausage you can eat. Like, it, 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 you'll eventually burn out, I think. Well, not if you drink enough Budweiser. Fair enough. Well, I think we got some stuff to recap here, boys. Uh, and, and Becker, you know, you're a good sport showing up immediately after being eliminated. I apologize for that. But maybe maybe we let you wax poetic about what, what went wrong here. Were you just uh, buzzsawed or, or did... Was it managerial? Like what yeah, happened? You, you keep apologizing. There's no reason to apologize. I'm not feeling that bad. Uh, the better team won. Uh, Matt's got a really, really good team. Uh, I didn't necessarily expect to make the playoffs, no less uh, the, the semifinals. So, no, I just, you know, you have one of those weeks in fantasy baseball where nothing really goes your way and you kind of, unfortunately, it's one of those weeks where you realize that by like Tuesday. You know, you, you just get a sense. You play enough fancy baseball and you know when things are just not breaking your way and nobody's hitting. And I had one final shot to be competitive by that Saturday night and Zach Gallon just 
didn't do it. So now this was the universe telling me that uh, the LDB season is over. So I'm not, I'm not sad about it at all. Um, you know, I, I, I think I, I was pleased that it was still relatively competitive up until Saturday, but no, Star's got a, Star's got an awesome team. He's very deserving to make the championship game. And I'm really pumped to see uh, him go against Mark because it's a fascinating matchup. Well, maybe we should talk about the other matchup for a minute there. Because, Star, you seemed like you were really tuned in to what was going on between Brophy and, and Mark. Uh, did the better better team win that one, or was this like what happened there? I mean, it, it, it was it was a, a wild affair that, that kind of worked out in a way that you wouldn't have expected, where Mark didn't, like – sweep the pitching categories and Brophy didn't sweep the offensive categories and it just wasn't the way you thought you would think Mark would win. Mark ended up winning five out of six offensive categories and uh only one pitching category. <laughs> um and it it looked like on at one point like on Friday that Mark was just gonna get annihilated. Like he was you know he was down nine three I think and um, it didn't look good for him, and and to see Mark's offense kind of take take the lead there, in part because Brophy didn't have a great offense week, but um, you know to to see to see it come down to Mark winning five of six offensive categories to beat Brophy is not how I would have projected it to go down. <laughs> no, but in, in any week, right? Like crazy things happen. Um, so yeah, that that seemed pretty darn exciting. Like down to the last batter. Like when you have to pay attention until the last batters on Sunday night, you know, you know it's a good match. Um, and it seems like Brophy's always in those when he loses in the playoffs. Like I, maybe I'm wrong, but I distinctly remember a couple years ago, like it coming down to OBP with a uh, Patrick Sandoval uh, or no pa- Pablo Sandoval. My apologies. Um, like coming up to bat like at, at like midnight uh, when the, <laughs> the years that. That that we went to the finals, uh, and it, and I remember the Brophy's always just such a good manager of this stuff. So, um, did did anyone in uh, your matchup shut down pitching with days to go, or were were those lineups both like throwing pitchers all the way until the end? Oh, I shut my pitching down on Saturday uh, mm-hmm. because I I think I threw Classe, who pitched like a one o'clock game, and then. I was just like, okay, we're done. I, I did the math on what Zach Gallon would have to do to take back. Yeah, he needed Michael really needed like ERA, and he needed two of ERA WHIP and MGS to really have a chance. And he needed to pitch like seven point two scoreless innings, giving up like fewer than three base runners. It was just like not gonna happen. The odds of that were so low. You know, I mean, I guess with some help from the bullpen, but. They, they, it just didn't seem like it was worth it to gamble. And it's good that I didn't because Jose Arquiti gave up like six runs. <laughs> and he was one of the guys I was thinking about using. Um, so that could have been a real disaster if I'd gone that way. I think you told me to use him, Chris. I'm glad I didn't listen to you. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you asked and I gave you my yeah. best advice. Like, I mean, that, that's he, he was on a streak for the most part this season of just like uh, positive start after positive start. So, like, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, well, I'll have to see if you're willing to use him now after he's been lit up two out of his last three starts. So, he, I mean, I, I've owned Arquiti for I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but Jose Arquiti is a very strange pitcher. Like, he, he's he's one of those guys who either 
he has his stuff or he doesn't. It doesn't know it doesn't matter who he's pitching against. And you look at like some of who his worst starts came against this year, and it's some of the worst teams in the league because it's just days where he didn't have his stuff and he just gets lit up sometimes when he like doesn't have his breaking balls, and that was the case uh, on Saturday. By the well, A's, the worst I, offense in baseball. I do think we should, for the most part, stick to conversations about the, the games that matter here, but hats off to Anton. He had just, a like, real quick, he had an incredible week. He basically shut pitching down after Tuesday. So he was at 30 innings pitched with only, uh, with only I believe, three earned runs at that point out of the 30. And I had to chase him down, and I caught him. Like, the, the stunning thing was that halfway through Lance McCullough's start on Thursday, I had the ERA lead despite his shutting down the pitchers. But then things went south from there. McCullers gave up a couple runs, and and I was just, you know, had the back against the wall the whole time. But it I mean, does you, – You guys had – at one point, you guys both had ERAs in the ones with, like, over yeah. 30 innings. So, yeah, at the point that McCullers had finished his fourth inning, uh, I was at I was at under one two five and he was at one two five, so I mean it was it was an epic match, but uh, it's that's just what happens. Like if if you own the pitching categories like that, you really control the match. And uh, kudos to Anton, he 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 made some really good choices, and his pitchers were on fire. So, don't you wish you could sometimes pull guys in the middle of a real start? Oh, totally. from your fantasy roster. Oh, it's like, no, I don't want Taiwan Walker to come out for the eighth. He's he's good. Oh. Yeah, Pitcherless calls it the careful Icarus when, like, your guy's gone really good for six innings and, they, and then, like, you come back for the seventh and you literally are screaming at your television, yeah. no, no, why are you sending him back out there? Like, Michael Fulmer <laughs> the, was the freaking king of that back in the day. I, I told you that this Joe Musgrove is the king of that these days. Like, Joe Musgrove so often has given up, like, one run through six, and they send him out in the seventh. It's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you should have the panic button. You can just pull him right there. I agree with you. But, yeah, obviously that would never work. Um, well, I think we should we should focus a bit on the, on the finals. But, actually, before we do, can we just have a, a quick conversation since it – the conversation here went there. Do you guys like the the lower innings limit? I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it makes for much more interesting strategies and a much more playoff-like atmosphere. What do you guys think about the lower innings cap? I like it. I was, I was reflecting on this earlier. Um, I think it's a little too easy to hit 30 innings. 44, I think... Uh, I, I like that there is a difference. I like the fact that we have to get from 31 people to 26. Like it mirrors decisions real teams have to make regarding a playoff roster. Uh, so just by the nature of we're, we're reducing the roster size, 44 isn't the right number. I think 30 might be slightly too low, but I do, I, I appreciate the fact that it can make for some really, really low ERAs. And if we are going to, have ERA as the tiebreaker. It's kind of it's sometimes fun to to let that ride. Um, you know, if if you put a gun to my head, I'd say like thirty five might be a more equitable number. But I really don't have too much of a problem with it. I mean, it's it's hard for me to chime in too much on this. You know, this was my rule that you know this was like my my idea that we pushed through. Now we actually voted against it the first time i put it forward it it, it failed <laughs> it, and then i put it forward again because we were so uh, annoyed with the current 
with with the last playoff format. <laughs> it be, I just put forward the same rule again. I think two years later, and, and it it actually won the day and a pretty sizable vote. Uh, yeah, I mean, I felt like I was kind of just trying to thread the needle there in terms of like kind of mimicking some of what what we liked about the old playoff format, which was kind of like shrinking of rosters. You know, and, and as whether and as whether or not thirty is the right number, I don't know. Um, I've, I've I've asked myself that question: Is it too low? You know, it's it is is was holding on to this kind of smaller roster and smaller innings thing like the right way to go, or should we have just kind of gotten rid of the, like trying to maintain some vestige of the old uh, playoff format, which is kind of what we did here? Is that the right was that the right idea? I don't that I don't know, but I think. I, I like it a lot more than it, the old playoff format, and I think it's the it's it's not bad. But I, you know, I I, I don't have honestly don't have like strong opinions at this point anymore. <laughs> I don't really want to change it. So, um, I think that that's kind of uh, the, the the idea of talking through changing what the inning, innings number is is exhausting, and so I I think I just have to resign myself to thirty being the right number. Well, you know, when I remember when. Uh... When Jeff Harcourt talked to me about this league in the beginning, he talks about how it, the goal was to really mirror baseball as much as possible. And I've always admired that our playoffs are a little different. Um, I, I didn't like, like you, Star, I didn't like that the playoffs previously felt like a different game. Um, and now it feels like we're playing the same game, but with higher stakes. Uh, the lower innings cap really makes me feel like you have to make the right choices, not just volume choices. Um, so... You know, I, if, if it ever came to it, I would I would certainly endorse a conversation about what the right number is. I don't really think it's going to matter if it's 30 or 35. Um, so I would support 35. I don't really care. Uh, but that it's lower is what's key to me, because then you can you can really be like, no, I'm not going to start that risky starter like that's not. And that's what baseball teams do. They're, they they would rather go with the pen game and say, you know, this is our last shot. Let's throw. Let's show uh, throw Scherzer in the last two innings and see what happens. Then, you know, throw out the the junkie guy. So, um, but anyway, enough time on that. Uh, any any last thoughts before we start to turn to to the the current finals? Well, it's you know we 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 were aiming for a tradition here, uh, but we couldn't get Mark on tonight. So Mark, Mark is moving tomorrow, and and I I I, I think he told me. Uh, Taylor told him if he joined the podcast, that was fine. He could just stay in the house and not join her in their new house tomorrow. That that feels fair. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't take the deal. <laughs> um, but you know what? Since Matt, I'm going to give you the, the the podium to tell the story of your season in a moment. Let me tell the story of Mark's just for a quick second. It all started uh, when uh, some people that were living in the north had sons, and they decided. <laughs> Uh, that they would sacrifice their sons uh, in order for protection from a zombie-like creature that lived above the ice wall. Um, and we did that for many years. And uh, and the White Walkers were born. And now Mark's in the finals. So now, now that we've done that, uh, Matt, would you like to tell us a little bit about your season? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 anything specific you want to hear? I, 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 I don't want to sound like a braggart here. <laughs> I think, I think when you make the finals in a 16-team league, like you've earned the right to brag a little. So why don't you go ahead and tell us the, what were the key decisions that led to this title run? Um, so I, I think 
just in terms of how I built the team this year, it's like, I think I got really burned in 2019 when I was coming off of this, I had what I thought was this great team and everything just completely melted down. This is real stars and scrubs approach. And a bunch of the stars got hurt and the team just like completely melted down. And so I really put a priority on depth this year and tried to build a team that maybe wasn't as full of stars, but uh, was kind of deep top to bottom. That was really the goal with this team. And um, I think the, the, you know, I knew I was going to have strong pitching and the pitching, you know, was more or less as I expected. Um, I think what I was surprised to see happen was that I thought I had built a pretty good offense. I did not expect to end up with like the best offense in the league by <laughs> leaps and downs. That was not where I thought a team of like, I essentially put together a team of kind of like 10, $20 million guys at the auction. And that doesn't necessarily usually get you like the top offense in the league, but like just, I got, I hit with a lot of these guys and you know, that when my pitching kind of faltered, in the second half of the season, my offense like took off and kind of helped smooth over any rough edges there. But, you know, I mean, this was kind of an all in season, not really more last year. I kind of went like all in last year for like the next three years. And that's kind of, this is kind of year two of this three year plan. So I'm pretty, pretty invested. You may, you may look at my farm system and draft picks and, and see kind of where things stand. Uh, I don't have a lot left in, 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 in terms of those things, uh, because I'm desperately trying to win. And I think the goal was in part to try to get in there one last year ahead of Mark, uh, Mark taking over the league. And of course now I'm facing him in the finals <laughs> as he gets there a year, a year earlier than I was expecting. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's going to be there for a while, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, what I like about this league is it takes a lot of management and, uh, it's not just who has the best team on opening day. So, uh, you know, staring up at that team in my division for the next 20 years is scary, but we'll see. <laughs> <sighs> um, all right. Well, thank you for, for taking us down that, that, uh, that brief walk down, uh, championship lane. Let's, uh, Becker, do you mind if I have you break down some of what star has to look at for choices this week? And maybe Matt, I'll have you do the same for Mark, um, just so you're not talking about your own team. I can chime in a little bit as we go for both. Becker, what do you see as the keys for this week for, for Star's victory? So I, I see the key for Star being pitching because, Mark, we come in, I think coming into it, they would probably be considered really even uh, with, with Mark having Nola. I know you'll, you'll talk about Mark's team. But I, th I feel like for star to win he's got to really nail the pitching categories uh and, and that is that that is because i almost expect his offense to do what his offense does uh i think that they match up really nicely because mark's advantage will be stolen bases um i think it will be potentially home runs allowed so that's why if if star can take maybe four of the six pitching categories I really see that as being maybe his path to victory. As of tonight, it looks like almost a wash. Corbin Burdens didn't get the start that maybe Star was expecting. I'm sure you'll talk about Wade Miley uh, and, and Mark's decision to not only roster him, but start him on night one. Um, there weren't a lot of uh, 
differences between last week's uh, Powers team and this week's Powers team. I know, as Star said in, in the email, he left off Musgrove. I don't think that's necessarily going to hurt him. Uh, there are just some tinkering at the margins with Aristide uh, Aquino um, just providing some depth. You know, maybe a forgotten man is Luis Renjifo, who I think from his bench last week probably hit four or five home runs. He hit four if, home runs on n- none of which, uh, none of which while he was starting. I think he went like yeah. four for eight when I used to. <laughs> so I think like that's a rich get richer situation. Uh, I have, I, I think Star will continue to just mash on offense. Uh, but if he can steal some bases, if a Rosarina steals some bases, if he remains competitive in stolen bases and then takes pitching in a matchup where it's pretty even-handed, I think that's his path to victory. Yeah, I I worry if stolen bases is one of the things he feels he needs to be competitive in because John Birdie already has two today. Um, and I don't want this to be overly like what's happened on Monday, but man, has Birdie come out as a strong MVP candidate for this thing if Mark wins it because that's quite a first day. Um, as of this moment he's got a, a home run three for five two rbis two runs and two stolen bases so i, I think the home run came against wade miley no <laughs> oh, well yeah i guess that's a little bit of a some in column a some in column b then but um so any any key pitching decisions that you see upcoming for star here becker in terms of like difficult does he start him does he bench him no i mean he's he's gonna throw he's got another burn start it looks like he's got McClanahan twice, although I'm looking at the schedule and it looks like McClanahan against Houston and then Toronto, which is not what you want to see, clearly. Uh, Urquidy at Baltimore. I like that, especially the way Baltimore is playing. Drew Rasmussen, he's got the same choice, Houston and Toronto. Yeah, I, I benched him today and he gave up four runs. I'm glad I did that at least. These are, these are not great matchups. Um, See, yeah, I think I, I wonder to the extent that Mark looked at that Becker and said, "I'm going to start Miley because this might come down to case." And I had I have four two star pitchers this week, which is crazy, right? But you've already benched one of them uh, right. for the second start on one of them, and so I, you know it, it, this may have been a, a an early bid to it backfired clearly, but to just get in front of the K race and. Well, if you want K's, Miley is not your guy. Like, here's Great. what I, I think Mark was probably thinking. I think he was probably thinking, all right, between DeGrom, between Cole, between Nola, that's going to get him damn near 30 if they're on their game. And he was probably expecting five innings, two earned runs from Wade Miley, which seems to be what he does every single outing. Um it clearly didn't happen tonight. I, I think he was probably hoping for a break even from Miley and then let the, you know, let the other guys cook, so to speak. But now he's got a deficit. Now he's got a hole. And I don't know what uh, MGS Burns put up, but I think it was a little bit of an unforced error to start Miley. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I understand why he did it. Like, he, he's got – he had Logan Webb and Coors, who he didn't want to start. And he only, you know, DeGrom, Nola, Cole are all going to go for him. Um, but no one has two starts among that group. And then the only other option he really had was Severino, who's coming off the IL, and you don't really know how many innings he's going to pitch. So I felt like he felt like he needed to throw somebody 
whether it was Wade Miley or, or somebody else to make sure that he got to innings. Here's, here's how I would do it. And look, I'm not in the championship game. So take this for the, uh, what it's worth, which is next to nothing. But I would have rostered a couple more long relievers. Yes. Me too. Bulk guys who will not hurt you in MGS yet will continue to accrue VJ maybe at, you know, a, a 250 or a, or yeah. a 0.5 clip, but you just need innings eaters and, and you want the, the least high leverage guys at that point. You don't want somebody who's going to blow a save. You want somebody who's going to pitch the fourth, fifth and sixth inning for you. Yeah. So I, I had a strategy like that was all about this, like for coming into this, I, I had 10 relief pitchers on staff for the playoffs. Um, I was, I had nine of them on my active roster out of 26 spots, like going for exactly what you're saying. And it almost worked. I almost, I, you know, I almost had ants on there. So like, I, I do think that there is a balance to be struck for these really good teams that have these aces where you can go, you know, instead of, instead of six starters, you, you, you go three starters, but you make sure they're all aces and then you have six or seven relief pitchers. Um, and I'm a little surprised he didn't go for, for more of that um as well but sorry you know i i, I did, you know my, I, I will say miley has had a, on paper a good matchup against the marlins i am probably going to throw drew smiley who admittedly is better than wade miley but it's still you know not not an ace by any stretch i'm strongly considering using drew smiley against miami on wednesday for the same reason because that matchup on paper looks pretty sweet all right so why don't you we've already been doing it a little bit but what are the key moments here for for uh for mark and and the remaining decisions that he's gonna have to make we've already talked about the pitching is there anything hitting wise that he's got to look at strategy wise what's he going for here star i don't it's tough for me to say strategy wise um i mean mark's mark mark's offense is not great but it he steals a lot of bases and you know my team runs but you know i'm probably going to lose stolen bases i feel like i don't want to concede that even though i'm down to nothing um i think my team finished like second in the league or something in stolen bases on the season so it's not like i don't my team doesn't steal bases but it's not a place i'm expecting really to compete here, um, but Mark team doesn't do a whole lot else on offense. What he did last week aside, um, you know, he managed to get put up some decent counting stats, but the ratios were still pretty bad. And I, you know, I, I just think if you're looking on paper, I feel like the odds that I take five out of six offensive categories are pretty high. Yeah, I, I just think that just just based just purely based on like the players on these rosters. Um, and so he kind of has to be, I think his pitching really needs to be perfect to win. Uh, though I would have said that last week and 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 that's not how it played out. Uh, his pitching wasn't perfect and he still won, but you know, I kind of feel like that's that's kind of what Mark needs. You know, I don't think there's a whole lot he can do on offense to really put up the numbers that are gonna compete with what my team is likely to do in any given week on offense. That's just, I think that's just the reality of it. Uh, this is the best offense in the league against like one of the worst. So you're, you're very confident is what I'm hearing. Um, no, not necessarily because Mark's pitching is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, we've already seen what Corbin Burns has done and I, and Becker has gone through the, the litany of not so great matchups. Um, and, 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 and anything can happen uh, here, but, you know, DeGrom has been ridiculous in particular of late. 
though he did look a little bit more human last week. He actually gave up some runs, but um, you know, and, and Cole and Nola are stellar. Uh, Severino's coming off the IL, but he's got he's pitching against Pittsburgh. You know, I, I think there's a lot of damage that could be done there, and you know, I think Mark could still easily sweep the pitching categories. Just give it even even with what Miley did. And Miley got lucky. I think he gave up seven runs, but only three of them were earned. <laughs> but it, it hurt it hurt more in like whip and uh, MGS than it did in ERA for him. Yeah, but that's a that's a big whip gap right there. That's gonna take yeah. some really good pitching to come back from. So all yeah. right. And Burns uh, wasn't terrible on the whip side. Burns just gave a couple of big poorly timed hits. <laughs> well, you know, you you we've got three guys casting tonight um all of us have been uh with some finals experience and i just say enjoy the ride star mark if you're listening which i hope you will be enjoy the ride well well deserved well earned i think you're you're king of strategy and, and you do a really good job at this so uh i i am i am rooting for both of you to have a really good week and one of you to uh prevail and the other one to have a heartbroken because it was such a good match um, you should all root for me because it's the last time anyone other than Mark is going to win the league in uh, God knows how long. <laughs> Can I say yeah. one one last thing about Mark, though? What I find so interesting about Mark's team is that he really has not called upon or relied upon the homegrown talent. Now, you know, he he was able to go double aces by getting a ton of money before auction, but we're we're still not talking about Julio Rodriguez. Um, and he, he continues to have the same problem that he's had at the trade deadline and even before, which is some of those highly regarded prospects are dying on the vine, um, you know, or, or, or he's not using somebody like Gavin Lux who probably could have turned into like, he could have flipped Gavin Lux two years ago for a premium player, or he could have promoted him now and he'd be helping. But he's still in the minors, so I think they're just even. Even though he does have a, a very deep farm, I think the the premier talent that will actually help him in the future is somewhat limited. Maybe those are famous last words by me. But. I, I feel like he's averaging at least one major breakout a year, and with the numbers he's got in the minors right now, that might continue. So I know I mean, he he just has so much volume. Like he's he's gonna. He, I, I agree with you that he is he has misplayed some of this and he's held on to some guys too long. And he has, there's now he has a lot of guys who are worthless or near worthless in his farm system, but he also has a ton of talent still. And that's yes, the thing. You're, you're right. Uh, I, and I wouldn't say, you know, uh, I'll push back slightly. I'm not sure if he's misplayed. I think there have been missed opportunities yes. to get even better, but that's, I mean, that, that is kind of, what is so surprising is like you gave the the White Walker analogy um, at the beginning of the show, and we all thought that that's how this would work. He would either trade like six prospects for a super team, or uh, they would all have risen to actually contribute. But really, neither of those has happened. He's just like he he drafted a team well. He made some timely pickups. Um, he he didn't really sell off a, a bunch of he did sell a bunch of picks for cash, which he that used is to, true. Yeah, right. so that, I mean that allowed that was the strategy that allowed him to get such a, a premier staff, and, well, and, and that also, is coming. There from. was also a, a huge element of luck in this that, like, I just think we need to identify, and that is that if we were going to see Degrom be out for two thirds of the season, 
for Mark to be successful, he picked the right two thirds. Yes. Right. Like Mark was able to stay afloat and then, and then basically trade for the best player without trading at all. <laughs> right. So, um, and that, that's interesting. So we'll see. Uh, guys, we don't have a ton of time left, but I, I want to give three to five minutes of love to the McQueenie finals. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So Anton and Ian were the two teams with the double buy and they both advanced. Good for them. Congratulations. Uh, we are again, it's Monday night, so we're not starting from scratch. Ian has a tremendous lead completely as a result of Logan Gilbert's pretty stellar start. He went six innings, four hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts, only one earned run for a 20 MGS, a 0.833 whip. Um, I think that puts. I don't know if you guys knew it, but the Angels, they suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that puts Ian pretty squarely in the driver's seat here. Um, because I, I know, look, six innings is not, it's not 30. Um, but that's going to let Ian get a little more conservative and, and kind of force Anton's hand, I think a little bit. Um, also Anton has two Kershaw starts, uh, the first of them coming up against Arizona. So that's the big moment for him. I think he's going to need to see a really good start there. Um, and hitting wise, uh, just breaking this down a little bit. You know, Anton's had a nice start from uh, from Ramirez, stole a base early, but Rosario had a much bigger game. The home run, three runs, two stolen bases, a walk. Uh, so, it, you know, I definitely think that uh, this could go either way, but I think Ian's got to like how, how day one has played out so far. Um, any major thoughts on this? It's a shame that Ian didn't make uh... – the, the regular playoffs because I think he would have been very, very competitive. I'm not sure if he makes the finals, but um, you know, he's got a, he's got a team built to win the title. And so just by nature of that, he's got a team built to win the McQueenies. I, I don't think it's as decided as kind of a, it, it seems right now where, you know, you're looking at an 11 to one score, even with the, uh, the good pitching performance by Gilbert, but uh, I think he has a decided advantage. Depends a lot, as you said, on what Kershaw does tonight. If Kershaw gives up a few runs, I like Ian's path to victory. But um, you know, both teams are solid. It's just you know, Ian. Ian had a better team than mine, and I, I snuck into the playoffs, and he just missed. So there's a little bit of regret, I'm sure, um, and a little bit of uh, survivor's guilt on my part. Well, that's how this league goes. I mean, I think. In a 16-team league where half the teams make the playoffs, we're all gunning for it, and that's the, you know it speaks to why the the season is so competitive, and and I like that. So um, there's not too many sellers from minute one. Like I know you're looking at one of them this year, but there 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 usually aren't too many. So um, and I think that makes the league tough. So you know, kudos to you again, as we've talked about in the past for for fighting as hard as you did and, and having that early lead, it, it, it's what you needed. So um, I yeah, will just, I, I, I just wanted to say real, real quick, I, I was going to echo kind of this, the same thing. I mean, I think, I think kind of what we're seeing for this McQueenie finals is these are the two teams that you probably expected to see there and two teams that could have been in the playoffs. I think they had playoff count, both of them, right? Anton, maybe not as good as Ian's team, but that was a playoff caliber team that, you know, had things broken slightly differently, he he would he he could have been in the playoffs instead of Mark. 
um, you know, if he had gotten like what, you know, two more wins one week or something. Uh, but, you know, I could have, like Becker said, I mean, Ian's team was a championship caliber team. I think, you know, Roto wise, he finished like fourth or something overall and missed the playoffs, which just sucks. Um, so I'm not surprised. I think he's probably the better team here and likely to take this down. But Anton's got a good team, and, and I think this could probably go either way. But I think Ian probably had an advantage coming in and has probably off to a better start right now, probably at the edge. These are both two feel-good teams, too, where I think everyone's rooting for them. Uh, and so somebody's going to end up with that pick that we're going to be like, okay, nice consolation because they really went all in. Uh, I will say who needs it more? Anton needs it more. Anton really has a very barren farm system after going all in this year and then and then missing. I, I It'd be a, a small prize, but um, definitely worth something uh, after everything that he's traded away. So um, we shall see. Is it, is it Baron? I actually don't know the answer to that question. I, I, he, I, maybe I did. He traded a lot, a, like a lot, a lot to get his uh, his position. Um, I don't think there's much left. Uh, and and maybe that's a subject for a future cast is like looking at the farm systems. I I, I, um, I think we're all going to need a little bit of a break here. But if we come back in December, you know, or something like that, and and do something, I'd love to just take a look at. Uh, maybe division by division, who the future rankings of each of these teams. I think that's part of the fun of this league, and we could definitely do something like that. But, yeah, anecdotally, I can tell you that Anton traded most of what he had. Um, in the, yeah, he, I just I just think, like, he, he saw some guys in the team, but he traded, like, the biggest names, certainly, at the very least. And, well, and, and maybe as importantly, he, he has almost no picks left, um, which is really uh, – that's tough. That's tough. So, um Whereas I think Ian's in position to be here again next year. I expect Ian to be here again next year. Becker, just quickly before we sign off, like, how are you feeling about your window? I know in the very beginning of the season we were talking about windows. Are you, are you feeling like you traded away a lot of assets and, and, and things are getting tougher for you? No, there are no windows as far as I'm concerned. No I, I look at each year individually, and I don't think – Winning is foreclosed just because you either have a, a, a limited farm system or you have have guys on expiring homegrown deals. Like I don't, I don't believe in windows. So if the question is whether the the tones are uh, looking at a bleak future, I'd say you know, no, unless I draft poorly next year and make some bad decisions. Like I gave up. Uh, there are some decisions I regret. Like I'm, I probably shouldn't have gone out to acquire Cabrian Hayes and given up as much as I did. Um, but that's not necessarily like, I, I wasn't pushing my chips in by any stretch. I paid what I thought he was worth. I, I just want to say it, 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 it's easy to say that when you're bringing back basically your entire team. <laughs> yeah. I, there's, there's no windows, but there is a draft. That's, I, that's what I heard. I heard those words. No windows, but there is a draft. It's getting a little cold in here. <laughs> auction, auction. I meant to say auction. <laughs> Mr. Cute. Becker is set up very nicely for next year, and uh, he will have some players, Jazz Chisholm, Wander Franco, who were not part of the playoff run here, in addition to a lot of the big names that, that were major pieces on this team this year. This well, team's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, guys, this was fun. Uh, I know we didn't have the regularity this year that we wanted to have, uh, but 
it was fun and uh, I wish everybody luck going going through these last days of the season um, and kudos to everybody on a really great season um, in particular some some teams took a, a step up this year I felt and uh, and it was exciting to, to see some fresh faces in the playoffs um, and and uh, very good trading season I felt so um, thank you everybody for keeping LDB great uh, I think the league's at still an all-time high just doing doing fantastic so um, Becker star final thoughts I just gave mine yeah, thank I just want to say good luck to Mark and and congrats on getting here and you know, well, I kind of hope for selfish reasons that it ends here. I, I wish him luck and and it would it, this could be the hell of uh, the start of a hell of a run for that team if he can if he can win this. Yeah, good luck to all competitors. Uh, you know, maybe we can do a uh, a, a post championship pod, but if if it's a few weeks before our next one, thank you. Of course, uh, Chris for hosting and a great co-host and star and Sean. And um, this was fun. I'm glad we did this. Well, I got a home run. That's fun. Right. <laughs> On the board. Right, right back. Rowdy to Les, baby. Ryan to Les. Okay, you just interrupted my sweet thoughts, Matt. Yeah, no, but 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 I'll I'll take us back there. Uh, right right back to you, Becker. Um, and uh, I think I think you bring a lot to this, and and I, I love your perspective of the former reporter and all the things that you've got going on with your inside knowledge. So um, you didn't mention my droll humor. Well, you know, I didn't want to like I didn't want to insult all the injuries that you've had from from pulling your groin every Saturday, and you know the the shoulder soreness. And look, you're you're Labrum. still on Labrum. I think you, I think you're one of like two or three guys in the league that's still under 40. You know, when you turn 40, it's, it's an age cliff. Like everything starts to break. So, you know, that 62 year old in, in your league, find out what he's doing other than the sausage and beer and, and try to do that because he's playing ball five days a week. It's what most, keeps you young. Most of us. Chris, what, what you got to do is you got to do what I did, which is hit that, which is hit that age cliff at like 34. And then like by the time you're 40, you've already been past it for a while. So it just feels normal. Oh, you've God, given up all the high impact sports and have graduated was, to bowling. This was the year. Oh, I, I, that, that is my hidden talent. I'm a very good boy. I, I hit, this is my year that like everything has broken down. I've had back pain and you know, let's not bore our listeners anymore. We should do an off season podcast where we all commiserate about our injuries. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be really awful. <laughs> it would just be so bad. <laughs> um, all right. Until we, until we do that, I, I think we sign off, but gentlemen, thank you for the time. Star. Good luck. Mark. Good luck. Good night, thank, thank you guys for, for doing this again this year. This has been great. A lot of fun. Yeah. Right back at you. And thanks to Sean too, who is not here with us, but thank you Sean as well. Baseball.